So we got a chance to chat with the master of adversity, Lance Isios. Uh, he's like a brother to us. Uh, he's an amazing guy. Uh, he's been through so much in his life, you know, and so many times we hear stories about patients and their story and and some people are able to navigate a way out and some people aren't some people get stuck and i mean he's really someone who's embodied embraced uh this self-awareness and really cultivating that introspection and and now he's written a book mm -hmm. on on these really core principles of adversity mm -hmm. and really teaching how you can utilize these principles in your life and with your whether it's your daily habits or figuring out what archetype you are and where you want to go. And I think it's such a needed book, especially in the times that we're in today. So we can take that power back that sometimes gets lost when we're moving through challenges in our life. Yeah, because we, so often we can interpret something that's going on in our life as good, bad or wrong. It shouldn't, shouldn't be happening this way. And really the invite is to you know look at it through different lenses like you said and and be able to embrace this uh the discomfort i guess and embrace you know more of your agency that you have that you didn't maybe didn't realize you had so you can move through your challenges with uh more grace mm -hmm. so enjoy it was a great conversation and please um purchase his book it's going to be a good one Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. So I think there's been a lot of lessons that we've all learned over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, with all the different challenges and, and pivoting that people have had to do, um, we recognize that that one of the core things that really the people need is com community and connection. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You know, we often talk about like all dis-ease processes, all discomforts, everything comes from a place of disconnect. And these last couple of years, I think that's what's happened for us as we've felt disjointed and disconnected in so many different ways and community really is the only way to bring that back within ourselves so that we can be in reflection with others and with an understanding with others too and knowing that we're not alone moving through some of these transitions and challenges and all the illusions that we're in right now. Yeah and so uh, what we do to, to really support and uh, create community is that we've got a health ignited membership group that we take uh, people through uh, a teaching and an experience and invite them into our fold uh, and we do this on a, a monthly basis yeah it's a container where you know you get to know one another and you get to understand each other's stories so that again you can reflect that story back to yourself and understand yourself even more because really that's what it's all about is that how do we constantly become more and more curious about ourselves so that we can step into that remembrance of who we actually are, not who we've been told to be and how we're supposed to behave. But really it's this invitation to be a part of this like club, we're calling it a club, um, it's a cool club, so that we can support each other. And it's just not Nick and I teaching, it's all of us learning from one another. Yeah, and so we meet monthly, we've got uh, access to all sorts of different things that are inside our Dr. Jensen um, 
website, which, which are like do-it-yourself courses and protocols and all sorts of like fun, like intellectual, but also applicable uh, tools for people to access uh, at their own ease. Mm -hmm. right? So join us. We'd love to have you. And if you are wanting to inquire, you just go to drsjensen.com. Hey again, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited with Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We've got an amazing guest again. You've seen him before, the, the legend, the myth, the man, Lance Asios. And he just recently released his book into the world. So we had to bring him back on because he's like oh, yeah. a little brother and uh, we just love him so much. So we're so happy that you could join us again, Lance. I love you, bro. I love you guys so much. I always get excited when we get the opportunity to chat and connect. And uh, yeah, I think we've all been through, you know, a lot the last couple of years, just like, it, you know, to take us where we are today. So I'm super grateful to connect again. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, I mean, Lance is all over the world. He, he was in Florida. He's he was in uh, Mexico, Mexico, Brazil. He's now in Colombia. He went through Argentina. Um, he's a bit of a globetrotter right now. Uh, that in itself is uh is challenging on the nervous system i imagine i mean it's amazing yeah. too no doubt yeah this, that's a lot of change right it is you're it's a good point yeah it um but i become very good at adapting you know kind of like keto flexing in and out you know like <laughs> i've been able to i i really enjoy being somewhere for a while and then going somewhere else and then like the new set of things that I love like the newness of something and then like adapting to it, even when it's difficult, I just find it fun. You know, I'm in a place right now where it's not ideal. The Airbnb, I kind of went for the cheaper option and I'm kind of re regretting that now, but that's okay. Cause I'm like, oh, that's what it's all about, you know? So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things when you travel that you, you have to adapt to. And I think that's just mm -hmm. part of what I love about the journey just in general that I chose for this life, you know, just like adapting and being able to adapt and it can be hard on the body sometimes though, for sure. Um, that's why I'm really, I'm really strict with my diet these days, like very strict with it. I don't, I don't remember the last time I ate like pizza or like any of that stuff. Um, haven't been fasting as much, just like a normal intermittent fasting, but like I've noticed being super, super diligent with food and not getting tempted with like the junk food of each country has been very, very beneficial and just drinking a ton of water. So it's really helped me to be able to get sleep. And as you know, like for me, like sugar and all that crap, like it affects my sleep and my mood and it just makes the experience not, not, not as enjoyable. So, um, but it's, it's tough at times when you're in a new country and you want to experience the things sometimes, but it's like, it's a, it's a trade-off. Like, do I want to feel like crap or do I want to feel good? And I think getting over that initial, like that, um, temptation, I'm always happy that I didn't. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. Know, I mean, go ahead. I was going to say it changes the relationship of the experience then too. Mm -hmm. If you're coming at the experience with clarity or the, the fog that shows up when you're not taking care of yourself, it'll change how you're relating to that space, that country, your life at that time and perception, mm. everything changes. And I know you have a question, but I kind of have, I want to unpack this just a little bit about like, how do we 
that adaptability that shows up when we're traveling, because we had a similar experience when we lived in Taiwan for two years and traveled around Southeast Asia. It's like you're able to just bounce from here to there and be okay with what shows up. But I find when we get settled in life, we don't necessarily have that same relationship with adaptability. We get used to our routines and all that. So how can somebody that's not able to maybe go around the globe and have that experience do that in their everyday life? Yeah, I think I I would say focus on like what really makes you feel good, you know, like pr- preparing, you know, for when I travel, I'm always like, I don't want to eat the food on the plane. It's, it's a no, no. So I make sure to, and this could be in life too. Like if you're going to be tempted to do things or get hungry, like eat something that's really going to make you feel like, you know, um, full and energized before you go into that environment. Right. Like I, that's what keeps me, um, from the temptations is really making sure that I'm eating that high quality food that doesn't trigger more hunger and more of these like weird feelings of needing this stuff that I don't really need. And I think it's, it's, it's what I do in real life when I'm in a place, but also helps me when I travel as well. So yeah, I I think it's paying attention to like what really, what food makes you really feel good and energized and, um, yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's not like a big crazy answer for me. It's, it's kind of like I've, I've paid the price of not doing the things that make me feel good, thinking that a new outcome would come. And then I go, I'm tired of that outcome. I'm tired of, you know, feeling like crap from that decision. So I've just really gotten careful at making those choices, the simple choices. And for me, I buy all my groceries. I don't eat out at all. And I know people that are you know, people like to go out and eat, but for me, I don't like the feeling of what I feel like after going out and eating. There's a couple of times I will do it, but I always feel it after. And it's not, it affects my sleep. I can feel it immediately. You guys could agree with me too, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's the thing that I'm not willing to pay that price that much anymore. So because, you know, when you're going through, like you said, Sonia, like life itself is more challenging when the the foggy when the lens is foggy and sometimes that's from what we put in our bodies right it's like how you look at life depends on how you're feeling in that in your body that day so it's like i've learned that why why would i want to intentionally make myself feel like that just for this like short term pleasure of taste or or something i don't know i i'm kind of going off but I think it's that's kind of like I've gotten better at making the better choices and preparing and um, yeah, doing those little things along the way. <laughs> that's super valuable because I mean, how many people when they go to a different country, they're just like, great, I can't wait to eat out there, or there, or there. And you've been able to actually understand the communication of the food and how it's showing up in your body where I think a lot of people haven't really truly paid attention to that, that they're not referencing that, oh, the reason I feel like this you know, like this fog that I'm looking through life with is a result of the choices I'm making and on how I'm nourishing myself. So that that's, that's significant for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love that you're doing that because I think with everybody in, in these new places, it's, it's not uncommon to, you know, want to sample the different, you know, fare that's available 
wherever you go. And, um, and there's definitely something about discipline that you're, you're speaking to here that really allows you to keep being you in all these different environments where I think, you know, people here or wherever that whoever here is for them, they get so lost in the stresses of the day or the moment or the week or the month or what have you, that there's such a uh, dissociation between how they feel and what they put in their body. So the fact that you can do that while you're traveling, that's that's a huge message for people that are in their life without all that, you know, change that's going on. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, know. Go ahead, Sonia, if you were going to. Oh, well, I was just going to say there's this like element of us needing to always um, fit the environment somehow to either feel like we belong or mm. we have some form of significance or whatever that might be. And what traveling teaches us is or what it feels like what you're saying is like, how do you become true to yourself? Mm-hmm. So you take these lessons into your everyday life and st- still stay true to who you are in all, not just with food, but with everything, relationships, all of it. Yeah, totally. And I think it's, it's like looking at the situation, like doing your best in the moment, like, okay, I'm going to eat out tonight. Like, let's say Buenos Aires is Argentina, right? Everybody's eating, there's bread, there's all kinds of things, but they're, they're all about their meat. So I'm like, I'm going to have a steak. I'm not going to really worry about the oils tonight. It's probably not ideal, but look, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to enjoy steak. You know, I'm going to get more vegetables. You know, I'm going to have some cheese and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to how I feel. Right. And instead of not, instead of having the bread, I said no to the bread. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying my best to make the best of a situation where I can still enjoy it, but without um, having to take part in the whole thing. Cause I'm very extreme. I like to just go in and just do it all, but I'm like, it's unnecessary. I don't need the wine. Like, yeah, I want to have wine in Argentina, which I did one day and I regretted it. Cause it made me feel like crap the next day, but yeah, like that experience is great. Like have the wine with it, but I'm like, do I really need it after the meal? I'm like, I'm glad I didn't have it. It's now, now I feel great. I had the meat, I had the vegetables, I had the cheese, I'm good. I feel great. And I still had the experience. I didn't have to like say no to everything. And that's kind of what I've tried to do is like pick the healthiest option in the moment. I'm not super dogmatic about it. I just know like, okay, pasta is not a thing for me. I've gotten in shape and out of shape so many times. And recently after doing the 75 hard program, I've gotten to the best shape of my life and I ain't going back there again. I'm not going back into getting fat again. I know how it works start to eat the bread, start to eat the pasta. It's a slippery slope. And I start to have a beer. And all of a sudden, three months later, my face blows up and I'm fat again. It's happened. And now I just, I don't, I, I will not touch the stuff because it doesn't make me feel good. It's not worth it in the moment. I don't care about where I'm at. And for me, I'm just like, it's, I can still realize that I can enjoy the thing without fully doing all of the thing. If that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. so that's what I've been trying to do. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, you know, I think even the way that you're relating to it, it's not because there's this fear of, of getting fat or like ballooning up again. It's, it's really just, you feel so good doing things the way that you are, right. Which is an important distinction for people to appreciate, you know, because I think, you know, one can say, oh, just, you know, he's orthorexic or orthorexic. He's worried about his body image. And it's, it's not about that. Part of the adversity is, I think, you know, it would be to feel your best so that you can be disciplined. It's hard to be disciplined when your brain is foggy and you're feeling like crap totally. and you're going to make those choices that aren't serving you. Well, I think our bodies are a reflection of like our choices and what's going on. And if yeah. I'm 
going to be promoting a message of empowerment and overcoming adversity and mindset, your physical body has to be, I, you know, it has to be operating optimally. Yeah. Otherwise I feel like it's, you know what I mean? Like I, I, and, and it makes me feel good to be feeling youthful and strong and in shape, like, because it's a, it's a representation of my choices. Yeah. Right. And I can see, I look at pictures of my life and I go, okay, I know where I was at at that time, or I know. And um, I just feel like you're right. It's not that I really care about that. It's like, I want to feel my best. And if I'm promoting a message, just like you guys say, live it to lead it. Is that what you say? It's like, you got to live it. And being, feeling good in my body and confident and in shape is a reflection of my choices. And it just shows up in the other areas of my life. So if I'm being disciplined in that area, then I'll, I'll more likely be disciplined in other areas too. So yeah, I, um, and that has been more important to me than, than making all those small micro decisions that aren't ideal in the moment. And those add up over time. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, Oh, I'm foggy. I don't feel good. I'm out of, you know, and, and it affects your hormones, affects everything, Mm -hmm. right? I'm super sensitive. And these, these decisions are really because I, if I'm not eating correctly with how I feel like, and I will go into depression. I will feel down. I will know right away. Oh, that coffee wasn't good. I knew that had that weird. I'm so sensitive now that I know exactly. Maybe it's a little bit in my head sometimes, but I'd rather be more sensitive than um, not. And I, and I just, I want to know how to feel great as much as I can. And I feel like even help from help with you guys over the years, it's like, I've, it's been, it's been such a experiment of like finding what's right for me just to be able to be optimal, you know, and that's it. You know, the energy we give off is what people receive. Right. So it's really important for me to, to do my best and feel my best at all times, even when traveling. Another big piece that, that I think that people sort of forget, so, and, and obviously you're getting firsthand experience of this too, is that there's a, there's a sense of community that we establish, obviously, when we're localized in one area. And so when you move from one place to the next, that, that community changes, you know, and there's also an online community and support in that way. How do you feel like that's uh, challenged you in moving from one place to the next? That's such a good question. I haven't been asked. I've never been asked that. And it's so good. Yeah, man. I've always been, I think it's probably to do with like um, trauma over the years when I was a teenager, I've always been like the lone wolf. It's like, and uh, look, I've still worked through that stuff. Like I, I feel like um, I, I don't know what it is, but I have this, this tendency to retreat from people sometimes. And I don't mean to do it. I just, I think it had to be do with, because of when I was growing up and me and my dad moved away from my mom and it was just so tough. And then having my, my stepmom and she was just so, so, well, look, she's a, it's the greatest gift now because it taught me a lot, made me strong, but it was hell. And I just wanted to retreat all the time. I just wanted to be, I wanted to get away from it all. Right. Because it was just, she drove me crazy. And I feel like even that has been something that I, I haven't fully addressed is that feeling of like, why do I feel the need to retreat? And it's kind of like, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually still 
wondering, you know, how I move through that because I've gotten good at being alone. I have lots of friends, great people, but like, I don't really get together in a lot of community settings, which is probably, I, and the weird thing is, is that I love getting together whenever I do. I'm like, it fills me so much. But at the same time, I also love retreating and being on my own. So it's been challenging with traveling and not having that. Absolutely. But then I wonder if it's just, if that's, um, if that is still something that, you know, I'm going through and, you know, hopefully feel more, um, feel less the, the need to pull away. Am I made, do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, no, totally. It's always yeah. been something that maybe that's why relationships too. I love being single. Like, it's a great question, Nick, because like, it's been something that I've always wondered. And I know that a lot of men have that lone wolf kind of thing. And would you say that that would be like from trauma? Like, what would you say about that? Yeah, I think we kind of gather these identities, right? As we know, to survive that, that moment. And we choose the one that makes us feel safe in that moment. Mm. And then it just becomes a part of who we're expressing and when we're feeling overwhelmed or something's not working the way we want it to, it's easier to go to that place because it's familiar. Mm. So I think when we're healing, what can happen is the relationship to that can start to change because that's also, um, there's a gift in that too. And that solitude is where your creativity is coming from. And that solitude is where you're asking these questions and getting this like deeper knowledge of who you are or uncovering who you actually are. So I think when we start to question like you are right now, you'll start to uncover when you're actually using it as a tool that's going to serve you or when you're using it in in a way where you're not feeling safe in that moment. So I think once you can start to discern that in your mind, then it doesn't become, it's not this burden anymore. Mm. Instead, it's it's actually a gift because I'm the same. I like, I like my alone time. I, the first thing I do is shut down um, when something is overwhelming. Um, even with the kids, like my shutdown now is like, I'll go to my phone. And that's like a form of shutdown if there's too much noise in the background. So I had to really pause and ask, okay, am I actually doing work when I'm on my phone and the kids are around? Or am I just overwhelmed with what's going on and my mind is cluttered and this feels like I'm retreating from the situation? And the more I question that, the easier it becomes to discern between like, okay, maybe I just need that time to gather myself and then be back in the world the way I want to be without the external world dictating how I want to show up. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, that's so true with the phones. I think for a while too, I didn't, I didn't value what I had to offer as much. So I'd always pull away like, oh, I don't have anything to offer. And this was something that I had to work through over the years, through the podcast, through writing the book. And now I'm at a place where I do, I feel completely confident that I do. And that's changed. So now I guess when we're talking about this, this is a great conversation around this, because I feel like now if I was to go back into a community setting, I'd feel more um, confident in who I am because I've done so much of the work and like I've learned so much because when I got into all this stuff, you know, I came from bartending and, you know, I came into this world of like trying to understand who the heck I was through this toxic life. So I've had to like unpeel back all these layers. And now 
I feel like, yeah, I love going deep and figuring out who I am in the solitude, but also like, I feel like I'm almost ready to kind of have a bigger role in a community. And before I used to shy away, even if someone would ask me, I'd be like about podcasting, even though I knew things, I'm like, Oh, go ask this guy. Or, or now with like my personal development with mindset, I feel like I know a lot of stuff. I built, I've done a lot of work on myself and, you know, I think I can, I could help somebody that was me three years ago or five years ago. And yeah, I think now where I'm at, I could definitely be more of service to a community, you know, because let's, for instance, get a community with you guys. You guys are very well accomplished, very intelligent. And for me, it was, it's like, it's intimidating because I'm like, what do I have to offer? You know, like, what do I have to offer? These guys know, you know what I mean? But that's and the conversation. Feel the same way. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but, but that's the conversation that. yeah. I would have in yeah. different masterminds yeah. or different groups. And I was like, and I'm like, oh man, what? When are you gonna feel like you you belong? When are you gonna feel like you believe enough? And then I tell people that they're like, what? You're crazy. And I'm like, that's what goes on in my head. Like that's what goes on. And I have worked through that over and over and over again. And finally, I'm at a point now where I feel that. And maybe that has to do with my relationship with my dad at being like him, you know, not showing me love unless I do well in sports or school. You know, I talk about this in my book about, I want to say that unconditional love was there for my dad because he's my dad and he's gone and I love him, but there wasn't always unconditional love. It was very conditional. It was very perform. You get that. If you don't perform, there's like, I got to go through a silent treatment And it's like, I learned these conditionings that I need to do, do, do to receive love. And I think so many people go through that. And um, so that's kind of probably what I was feeling too in the moment. Like if I don't have something of value compared to what you have, then I don't belong or something. But now I feel like I'm finally at a level that I don't feel that. I feel like I've developed a level of belief from doing something consistently over and over and over again to where... Um, I'm the judge of that within myself, not social media, what other people's approval is, but how I feel about myself. And um, it's taken time, but, you know, I think that's a journey for everybody at feeling that and um, understanding that, that, yeah, that belief, that belief is there for some people far before and that comes later i don't know it's it's been it's been um it's been tricky for me but i guess from the doing and the accomplishing it's helped me get there so Mm -hmm. in a way it's a blessing too from Mm -hmm. from having that mindset a little bit that if i accomplish then i'm there but it's not necessarily that useful for everybody yeah and and yet staring us in the face all the time you know i can't help but think when we're in community the community becomes um or almost like a, a sounding board, uh, a way to reflect who you are uh, towards. And when that's not necessarily there for so many people in isolation, like I'm not just talking about you here. I'm just talking about people in general, their, their sounding board is social media. And so yeah. their reference point for va- being validated by a community mm-hmm. is so distorted. I mean, it's completely, yeah. it's so messy. Right. And yeah. to think that most of us do that, especially over the last couple of years with the, the amount of isolation and even just to express, say, a point of view or to, you know, or to feel like outcast in your opinion, because you're seeing such a distortion of reality on social media, whether it's the highlight reel to opinions that the collective have, 
you know, it's, it's, that's our sounding board for so many. And, and I think that, you know, what the, the interesting paradox of traveling is, um, is also that you're, it's not comfortable for like 99% of of people to move around in that kind of way. And yet you find solace there, you know what I mean? And so, you know, to say that you're at a certain level or haven't worked on something, I would say like, you know, I think what Sonia shared was beautiful, but also, you know, you're not afraid to show up as you are. And regardless of what the sounding board is reflecting back to you, you're still going to be you. And so that's, I think that's part of your gift is that you're able to shine as you are, regardless of the environment. Um, but I think it's also a really important message for those out there that are looking for validation when they don't have whatever community that is. And, mm-hmm. and the distortion to, to their own personal reality, I think, is what creates a ton of suffering. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. I also find for a lot of us, it's like taking up space is really uncomfortable. And when you're showing up as you are, because we are bigger than what we actually feel. Mm -hmm. And that means taking up space and taking up space means eyes on you or opinions about you or whatever that might be. And then that creates discomfort too. So how can you help others or what, what would you say that people could do when these thoughts are showing up? And um, for me also, like I'm speaking at a conference in like two weeks and it is my nightmare because I'm speaking to colleagues and I've always had that thought that I'm not as smart as them. I used to sit in the back of the class, not ask a question, just did my work and got out. And so I'm having all these like moments of like imposter syndrome and all of this is showing up, even though I know, I I know all the things, right? So how can you help me? And how can you help the listeners when we're dealing with these thoughts that are showing up? Yeah. I mean, it's funny that you say that. Cause I'm like, Sonia, you have like the way I see you is like this, like you're so, I just want to listen to everything you have to say. Like, you're so good at what you do. It's so wild how we think, right? <laughs> it's so interesting too, though, yeah. like how others perceive us versus how we perceive ourselves sometimes. Um, yeah. I mean, I just try and get that level of belief as high as possible. And I think that comes from, for me, doing the things that I know I need to do to build that confidence. I feel the most confident when I've done the things that I know work. My soul is like, or God is like, good job, you know, good job. You know, you did it. You, you did what you, you did what you say you were going to do. You, you, you honored your truth. And I feel like you do that consecutively it builds and it be, turns into confidence, which turns into belief. So I would say, give yourself a few days of doing, building those wins ahead of time, you know, like a few days out, like start doing things like little things, start getting, you know, check marks on the, on the board, you know, just, yeah, I'm feeling good, you know, and not just wait till the day of the speaking, like build that over a week. And then, you know, the day of, the day of the thing you got, you're, it's just another day of confidence. I've done this for a few days. I feel good. And then you step into it. You know, I, I, that's, that's how I feel that I have the most confidence in what I do is when I have done those things that I know work for me. And we all know what those are. And sometimes if we don't do those things and it's like, it can create this feeling that it, I don't like the feeling shame it's not the idea, but it's it's almost like we know that we need to do it. So it's like uh, it, it it's like keeping them made very simple 
and just making sure that if you do anything today, that those things get done. And I, I, I that's what I do. And if the best, the, the times that I feel the most confident are when I've been able to honor those things. Like for you guys, you have your daily practice, right? I mean, it's non-negotiable, right? And if you don't do it, you probably feel off. You know, for me, it's like, my meditation, even though I know it works so well, if I don't, I, some days I don't do it. And I'm like, ah, oh, you should have done it. Like, you know, better, but I'm not going to beat myself up tomorrow's a new day, but you know, journaling, reflecting, gratitude, reading, you know, 10 pages of a book and then movement sweating. I'm like, I feel great. You know, those are the things. And if, if I do those consecutively, then I step into like my greater, my greatest self. And I'm able to listen to the I'm able to feel into my intuition and the message is clearer and I'm able to just silence out the stuff that doesn't matter as much because I'm so connected to the things that I know work. So that's kind of a long answer that, um, but Mm -hmm. that's what works for me. It's super simple. I think we try and make it so complicated. And again, at the end of the day, like everybody has their things like, Everybody that we see is so successful. And this is what was so great about, um, you guys probably see it too, with having, you know, interviewing people and talking to them. It's like, there's always that thing that somebody that you think has it all figured out has. Like, you're like, oh, really? You think like that? Or, and it's like that for everybody. Mm-hmm. As soon as you can get them off that pedestal that you put them on and you just talk to them as a human, you're like, oh, you're just like me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, and then, and then it becomes like everybody everybody's the same. We're all just going through and we're all, you know, we're all just trying to overcome ourselves every day. And I think letting yourself off the hook that we're not perfect and we're never going to be, and nobody is either. So who cares what they have to, who cares what they think with what we say? Because if, as long as we're saying it from a good place, whatever, you know, and that's what I've had to do when I share on social media, I'm just like, how am I, is this coming from love or fear? Am I saying this to get a reaction or am I saying this because I actually want to talk about maybe something difficult, but give people a way out of that thing. And I think that's the problem with social media too, is like people are looking, they're just showing their like wounds. They're just showing their victimhood. It's like they, they, it's like they're stirring the pot. And I think there's a difference between speaking about things and giving people, um, talking about something difficult and giving somebody a, an inspired way to like out of the, the shit, so to speak, rather than make them feel worse. And I think a lot of people are just looking for some sort of reaction or some sort of like, um, and it's just a projection of how they feel. And you just want to give them a hug. You just want to go, look, uh, you just need a hug. You need more love right now. Yeah. Right. So anyways, that's, that's kind of my, what I have to say about that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I can't help but think like it's like Tony Robbins talks about state changes mm-hmm. or you know flow state. Yeah. Stephen Kotler talks about that. You know, all the all the best you know aspects of ourselves that that creativity, that that belief, and everything. I mean, it comes from us being being and feeling our best. And you know, if and if I think back to any conference that I've been to. I've never been like, wow, that guy's so smart. I just love, or that that female, that woman is so smart. I just love listening to him, uh, to him or her. It's always been the one that have have moved you emotionally, and that's and I think that that's some of the thing that I think that you know about yourself that you should, obviously Sonia can move people emotionally, and Lance, you do this all the time as well, and that's what people really remember. They they remember that emotional state that they feel when they hear people speak, 
Yeah. It's just like, I know for Sonia's talk, a lot of it is, you know, case studies and sharing, you know, different successes or challenges with patients. And so it's very like left brain and that's not where Sonia wants to dance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like the, the lessons that the Lance is sharing here is really, you still get to dance as you, and you can prime that into your physiology leading in and then, you know, how you deliver totally. Obviously yeah. that's part of your magic. Yeah. Speaking of, I have this like quirky thing that I do that I don't think I even share with you. Oh, when, here we go. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's hear it. Like big, and maybe people can do this for themselves. But, but when there's big things coming up, like when I did Zach Bush's talk, I usually put on Bollywood music and do a dance because I know yeah. I'm really good at that. Yeah. And so it builds That's my confidence. Amazing. And then I, then I get in front of the camera and I'm, I'm okay because I've done that thing. Like you were saying, do those things yeah. that build yeah. you up and give you confidence. And that's, that's my weird thing that I do. That's, that's yeah. not weird. That's amazing. Like that's it. amazing. Like yeah. that right there is like, that's the whole life experience is figuring out what that quirkiness is for us. Our unique sauce. What brings the unique sauce out? Like that is so fascinating. Like what brings that out from you is that Right. And, and, and I love that because I think everybody has their own little thing that they do and whatever it takes for you to get to that level, that feeling, you know, like when I, I've noticed too, when I'm doing podcasts or when I need to speak as uh, fluently as I can, I find that my second, like, this is my second conversation today is always my better one. I feel like this first one is kind of like, sometimes I'm like, what am I even saying? And then sometimes the second one, I feel way better. So it's like, I've learned that, okay, if you really need to speak clearly, like there's certain things you need to do first. And there's times where I don't do them and I'm not as eloquent as how I say it, not saying now that I am either, but in general, like I've kind of learned what works and what doesn't. And I've learned also like go easy on the coffee. Don't drink too much too early. Cause then you crash. You know, like there's certain things that I think that we like, I hope people have that awareness within themselves. Like, I don't know. Some people don't seem to, they, they just drink their, their, their sugary drink and eat the thing. And I'm like, don't, doesn't that like affect you? Like, it's like, no, what I'm are like, you made of? Yeah. Like, how do you, like, I don't understand it. Like, I mean, I don't we know see how... in our kids, they, <laughs> they, if they eat any sugar, like they're crazy, they're you know, and we keep reminding them, okay, look, what were some of the actions leading up to this moment? You know, mm-hmm. why do you like, feel the way you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it's like we need yeah. a little check-in moments with ourselves, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, Lance, you wrote a book, and uh, it's it's amazing. I mean, the, I love the cover. I loved everything you you, you mm-hmm. chose to speak on within it, and we're still uh, wait, waiting to get our copy. Can't wait for it. What I mean, what a what a experience and and practice of, of adversity just writing the book. Share, share a little bit about that journey with us. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it was, it was the single most challenging one task I've ever done in my entire life. Like it was, it pushed me in every area possible. That's why it's so powerful. You know, it wasn't a book that I just wrote in a weekend um, it wasn't a book that I just designed as like a, a giveaway. It was like, I literally put my blood, sweat and tears of everything I've done in my life into this thing. And from the beginning to the end of the process, from the idea, it, it took us about almost two years and it was, it was really, it was tough because I, I, I suffered from 
you know, the imposter syndrome and the belief aspect and who's going to care about this? Like who really cares? Like I'm not an author and all this, all the, all the stuff. And I had to force myself to silence that and think about the end result of the people that I'm going to impact. That's more important than the doubt and the fear, right? Because that's always going to be there. And that was challenging, but was even more challenging is when I was told like by my, um, my author coach at the time, Samantha joy. And now my publisher, she Landon Hill press. Um, she would, you know, once we had the manuscript and we'd get it, I got it back. It was like, okay, I needed to go deeper on things. I needed to tell deeper stories. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to say that. That's going to be out there. Oh, my parents or my mom my, and my family, like, and I'm, she's like, you got to go there, you know, you got to do it. And it was tough because I had to revisit talking about the story of when I heard my, my, losing my dad. And um, I had to go back and kind of relive that and tell that as much detail as I could, because I think it's important. And, you know, some of my partying days and um, it really reflected who I was and who I was at the moment. And it was interesting because I wrote the book in different countries too. So I was looking at it through different lenses of the environment from, from Canada to us to Mexico or finished in Mexico, but like in Costa Rica, planning it out. There's a lot of energy that was put in from different places. There's times where I was sober and there are times where I wasn't. And it was just like this, it was just like a real raw addition of me that just was like in this book. And um, I, really did my very best to just share it from the truest place that I know how. And that's how I do any of my stuff is just be myself. And man, there were some days where I had to, I, I had to dig deep and just to, once it got finished, you know, we had to go through a bunch of different processes and then, you know, finally, you know, dealing with the cover and, and not being done right and all the production side of it. And then the publisher going bankrupt, all this kind of stuff. Right. And it was just like, wow, this is really, if you choose a mastering adversity, like you're really, you're really going to be dealt some, right. Next time I'll choose mastering abundance or something like that, <laughs> you know, but it was, it was really the, the main thing about this book is that I wanted it to be not only my own stories, like anecdotal stories, but like a formula. And I wanted to create awareness in people's lives so that when they're faced with a difficult situation, what do they do? What are their habits? And we created these archetypes so that people can see themselves in the moment of when they're behaving like this. So we have the distractor, the victim, the fixer, and the warrior. And I did that because I wanted people to be able to to be able to say, oh, I'm being that. Okay, that's okay. How do I pull myself out of this in the moment, right? So that awareness, if you're not aware, you can't change it. So it was, I, you know, I wanted to create a formula for people that they could actually use. And what's really powerful about this is that I was going through some very challenging times and I had to go back and look at my own stuff. Like I had to like ask how do I, what am I doing? Like when I was falling into this, I had to read my own stuff. And that's where even saying this, I feel like what that's this crazy to even say, because I feel, I don't know, um, some sort of like imposter syndrome coming up, but like, I actually had to take my own advice in my own life 
and use the formula that I was using. That's when a light went off and I was like, oh man, this is actually, you actually did something like good here. Like this is actually like, and saying that was, was hard. Cause I'm always like, that's not good enough. It's not this, it's not that. But I was like, this is actually pretty good. And if I can use it, I, in my own life, and I, I take a lot of pride in only teaching things that I use in my own life. I don't want to pretend I'm an expert in things I'm not. But in this process, I actually used the methods that, and it helped me through my own stuff and overcoming myself every day. So that's why it's powerful to me because it's very real and true. And I think that it's useful. The formula is useful for moving through. And I think that we're going through, we have been or going through difficult times. And it's really a matter of what path do we want to take, right? Do we want to take ownership of our life or do we want to play the victim or do we want to distract ourselves or do we want to continue to fix ourselves or do we want to take complete ownership? And I think that's what the world needs right now is the ability to take control of their own life, whatever that means to you. And, you know, bring that warrior out that we all have within us. I really believe that we all have that. And that concept, that archetype came strongly to me through a breathwork session in Sedona in 2020. And I was like, whoa, what is this? And it was just this thing that I was like, what does this mean? And then as I started to get into the book process, I was like, that's it. The warrior is the word that I'm going to use as like the ideal place that we can think of to shoot for, like what would warrior do? And it's not, it's not like the shadow warrior that we hear in the movies. You know, it's like, it's a balance of the feminine and the masculine for me. And it's a perfect word to represent what it means in this world and what we need. So I really talk about that a lot in the power of what it means to embody the warrior in your life in all areas. And it really is more of a balance of, um, yes, it's of course, you know, defend, attack, like what what you know, what the, what the people see the warrior as in confidence, but also being able to listen and be patient and compassionate and 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 um, empathy and to be able to slow down and listen to your intuition and feel into a situation versus reacting, and that's why I use the warrior, because for me, it was the best representation of what to feel into in the moment of adversity and how we can like embody that. So there's a lot there, but um, that's kind of like what the book is and what it's about. And yeah, it's uh, it was a journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I love the archetype of the warrior. I mean, I think of like, a warrior, you know, as you said, it's it's not just the typical, you know, war and going to war in this, you know, it's it's balancing the duality and yeah. observing the war, but not necessarily having to be in it, um, because you have the the knowledge to be able to navigate where you maybe need to put some extra effort, where you need to be more passive or reflective. Um, it's a beautiful archetype. And I think that you you absolutely do embody that. Even just hearing your story of, you know, living in these different countries, still being disciplined with the food that you choose, being mindful of how you feel and the, the choices that you, you make and how that impacts your life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I when I hear you write the story uh, or writing your book, the, the, I mean, you're living the story at the same time. 
and 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 to do all that you know in the middle of a pandemic i mean sonia wrote her book in the pandemic as well and and i remember her saying you know there was times where you're having these emotional hangovers because when you're digging into the, the the those dark crevices of life that you just know they're there and you know it hurts to go look in those places there's this is where that self-care comes in so i'd love for you to sort of like talk about like what's the recovery process when you start to open some of those wounds and dive in and you know find out more about who you are um yeah yeah i mean even the emotional hangover you get from when the book's out it's like mm-hmm. oh <laughs> it's it's interesting because it's out and then it's like oh now what um but i did i remember whenever i think like that somebody just sends me messages like hey i read this this is amazing i'm like oh okay it's like the universe just winking at me like just don't you know stay up um yeah don't hide yeah just just yeah. that's what i felt like i'm like oh it's out there i don't yeah. people are holding up the cover and taking pictures and i'm like oh my god this is the weirdest feeling like yeah. somebody's got my face and i haven't even read the book yet like physically <laughs> it's so weird like i had to like sit and like the first time somebody tagged me the other day on social media i was like this is bizarre i was like this is so weird to see I was like, I started to feel like naked, like, oh, like I want to hide right now. That was perfect word, Sonia, because that's what it felt like. Like it's I know, like because I did it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to bring myself out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And I'm like, oh no, I want to take it back. Give it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. It's a jig joke. None of it means yeah. anything. <laughs> no, I, uh, it's I um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, going into those places. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love working out. I like getting a sweat. I don't, I, I don't feel myself unless I just go for a good workout, mm-hmm. you know, for me. And uh, that does it for me. Sitting in the sun really helps. Um, yeah, you know, that's, journaling really helps. But I, I think my biggest thing is working out. I, I, that's like, it solves most for me just going and pushing myself, choosing the adversity in the moment of physical adversity. It like opens up this feeling that nothing's as bad after nothing's as challenging after I push, after I choose to push myself hard. I feel like at the other side of it is like, everything's easier. So um, yeah, I don't know. Self-care just, that's the warrior sure that, way too, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, the warriors and, and like embody the physical diet. You know, diet things. is everything yeah. too, yeah. right? Like, there's this weird thing in our culture that rewarding the body is like this: eat crap, like yeah. eat. That's a reward. Yeah, it's one part of your body gets rewarded: your taste. The rest of your body suffers. Yeah. Yeah. What's so crazy to me? Like, why is yeah. that the reward? Your body should you should get something that your whole body loves, like as a reward. Like, so that's why too. It's like immediately when you want to celebrate, go celebrate. Yeah, go get drunk. Go eat a pizza so you feel bad. It's like, no, I'm going to go give myself some steak, some veggies, some fruit. I'm going to go get a nice fresh papaya, some fresh mango. That's, you know, that's for me is self-care. Not, not you know, going and eating the worst quality food. Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense, right? <laughs> I think that's a good point for people to think about. Like really ask yourself, like, why would you reward yourself with something you know is not going to make you feel good? It's like this weird thing in our culture. It's it's it it still blows my mind. But yeah. 
it is an emotional is. hangover, right? It's like you're already hung over from the emotional trauma or the emotional experience you went through. And then you're going to, totally. you know, dig yourself into a deeper hole with the, the insulin surge and mm-hmm. the depressed, the, the depression that's going to show up after your neurochemicals are all, you know, just been splattered against the wall. It's, mm-hmm. it's a challenging yeah. place to climb back out of, isn't it? I remember the day my book got released, I, I spent like four hours at the spa. So I got a massage done. I just, I sat there in their little room with tea for like an hour by myself. I mean, maybe part of it was just kind of hiding from the world. And it was also because I knew I had that emotional hangover that my nervous system needed support. And so Mm -hmm. finding something that can support your nervous system, that can support your body, your mind will help you recover and give you that ability to manage all of the energy that's coming at you mm-hmm. and from you and all of that so I think yeah for you working out um, I mean both of us too are very much anchored in our body so movement is really important so how do we continuously fuel and nourish rather than depleting when we're already in a depleted state yeah and it's it's seeding that wiring too in the brain because if you acknowledge that like okay there's big stuff going on and this emotional you know hangover experience whatever you want to call it um you can start to wire yourself into a recovery mode. And so you've got Mm -hmm. your tools and you're you're really supporting that, that healing process. I don't know if you guys want to get into it, but there was some interesting stuff that happened for both of you. And then uh, obviously Lance share your experience because part of the adversity, just launching and releasing your book with, Mm. with your publisher, like my goodness, like you, you, you birth your baby out into the world and you're feeling vulnerable and, all these things. And on top of that, the structure, the container is supposed to be the delivery mechanism just disappears like crazy right at the launch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know what I look at it as now such a blessing because it, it, the container couldn't handle what the book needed to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Right. Because like I visualize this book every day in meditation. Well, almost every day since um, the idea came and I just don't think it could handle where this thing's meant to be. That's the only way I could say it. And like, yeah, it sucked three months out. I mean, <laughs> it ate up the entire place of like the marketing of it. Um, but then I had to come back to warrior and go, all right, what would, you know, like what, you know, you, you, you got to acknowledge it, but like now what? And like, it was constantly situation after situation of this, of me having to step into that higher self, which is the warrior and like take the high road. And, you know, show compassion and empathy when I didn't want to. And I was like, okay, I'm actually doing this. And like, that was the lesson for me. And then what happened? A better opportunity for my dear friend, Samantha, um, came up. She just happened to start a company, um, Landon Hill Press. And now, you know, she's very connected and it's, it's, it's more aligned anyways, mm-hmm. So after seeing the success with the launch and how it did and was on my 39th birthday, it was like it had to happen. So I'm almost grateful for it. But yeah, it's, it, it really sucked because um, there's, we're still working out things that you know, didn't go right, obviously, right? But I'll, obviously, there's always the blessings and there's always the gifts in those moments, which are tough to see. But like I said, when you're naming a book, Mastering Adversity, you better expect that you're going to have to test your own theories out. And if you can't hold space with the, in your own life for yourself and, and the people around you, then you know it's not a great idea. 
well, it's not a good idea to write a book about that. And I kind of felt that while writing, I'm like, you need to really step up your game with your emotions. Even with my own, my own team and my business, we had to make pivots be financially things weren't going the right direction. And I'm like, man, there's, I'm being tested here, but I, I, that was the, that was the lesson. That was the lesson was, can you take your own advice? Can you, can you, how do you show up in your own life? And it was just full of tests. So now it's out and now I got to step into that being okay with it, being out there and the next level of like, like you're doing Sonia, getting on stages and being confident in my message. Like when someone asked me about the book, not being afraid to speak why I did it this way. And this is my opinion and, and, and that's okay. Like trying not to justify like why I'm saying things. Cause I'll get challenged on it, but you know, especially about the warrior, some people would disagree with me, but like I'm owning it because this is my take on it. I don't care what anybody else is saying, but even that while writing it, I was like, Oh, I don't even know if I'm confident enough to talk about this kind of stuff. It's like, that's the next level that I think once you write a book or you put anything out there, it's like, all right, now you need to step in to that power of like owning and talking about it, being comfortable with people not agreeing because it's worth it for the people that need to hear it. And, and um, that's kind of where I'm at is now I'm like, all right, now it's out there. Now I need to level up again and seeing people like the book pouring out and like seeing people hold it up. I'm like, Oh, this is making me very uncomfortable, but maybe this is the next level of myself <laughs> that I've been asking for. Right. We asked for these things. Yeah. You know, I remember at our retreat, you know, we wrote down all the goals and I was like, you know, I remember, and it's like, we ask for these things and then when they show up, it's like, Oh no, 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 no. I don't want it like this. It has to be exactly like this. It's like, well, yeah. these things come. Like, when do we expect, when, when, you know, you want to speak on stages with big people, Tony Robbins or, you know, whatever you want to, you want to high, you want to roll at these big people. Well, how else is it going to happen? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's going to come and you're going to go, Oh, this is it. This is the opportunity. This is the thing. And you have to be ready to answer the call in the moment. Right. And, and it's like, that's the game. That's the next step. I think that um, is, is challenging. Cause it's like, Oh no, I just want to, I don't, I was just kind of, I was just playing around. I just want to play small right now, but it's like, no, you asked for this. Now it's time to step up. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's like yeah. small Lance wants to hide, but you know, big Lance wants to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always relate everything to giving birth. And in that moment of transition, there's, it's crazy, right? How you're feeling and everything. And yet there's this thing that you're going to be birthing out that you, that you want. But in that moment, you kind of want to do that, like just kidding, but then it also shows you that that discomfort is actually temporary. You have to unleash or let go or just release who you were to step into who you're going to be now. And that's that's what we all did. And that's what yeah. we're always constantly doing. So when you birth a book into the world, it's the same thing. It's like you're in this like weird transition and then it shows up. And now it's like surrendering to this new version of you because you released what wasn't yeah. serving you anymore. Did did you think did having your podcast help you a little bit with like building that confidence of like when the book came out? Cause for me, mm-hmm. it helped a lot. Like, I mean, you're a lot more accomplished than I am as far as like what you've done. Saying in this- that, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, but I mean, you guys are freaking doctors and you know, you guys have treated patients and I'm just meaning like, 
for me, like that was my thing that like gave me the confidence. Like if a book came out and I hadn't done yeah. podcast, I would be like, I can't handle this. So yeah. it's like, that was like the thing that was almost like opening the door. And then now, um, cause, cause getting the validation from the podcast was like interesting also, but then the book was different, but mm-hmm. I just like, for me, the podcast was kind of like the first teaser of like getting some of that and the confidence of like mm-hmm. speaking and talking and all that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because sure. like the guests that you have on your podcast mm-hmm. are people that are like right up there w- with Tony Robbins. Like, I don't know if you maybe you've had him on your podcast too, but um, oh, yeah. I mean, you've had some huge name people that, like you, you were putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation where, where there's, it wasn't just someone who was at the next level. They were like, you know, from a, could be from a financial point of view or um, like a, I don't know, maybe property ownership point of view, like Grant Cardone or whatever. Like these people are huge names in, in sort of this personal movement or personal growth movement to financial growth to whatever. And, you know, I think for sure, like that must have been, you know, such an amazing platform for you. And then you get a chance to speak and test out, let's we're talking about like the sounding board, you're getting to test out your ideas and what you've applied and what that means to you and to these really, you know, people that have probably been doing that for, for long, longer than all of us together. Right. You know, so pretty, pretty yeah. cool that you had that opportunity. Well, just feeling like you belong at the table is like an interesting yeah. feeling. Right. And I, it's taken me years to feel like that. And, um, it was always like that even when I was in the bar industry or when I was at, I was always like, yeah, but that guy's better than me or that guy should be captain. I should be assistant captain. Like there's always like, and I'm like, why, where did that come from? It's such BS, you know, but um, yeah, the, I, I think the podcast helped for me to realize that I belong at the table and doing ayahuasca really helped last year too. was like, I saw my future self and the, and it was just like, you just need to believe fully. And the, the lesson has faded a lot from that, but it really helped a lot too. When I, the, just the message I saw of like who I could be, I just needed to feel that and see that. And then when I came back, I was like, okay, but, um, that takes some remembrance every day of like trying to remember that. And it's easy to get, it's easy to get, to fall off that and to go back into the old programmings. That's why we got to do the daily thing every day. Right. Mm -hmm. To solidify that. So, Yeah, yeah I was the same one thing just about, about that. I, I mean, I often think about our, our boys and, you know, often we're talking to different experts and say, you know, parenting to, you know, parenting advice or whatever it may be. And often the message is just kind of the same thing that we need to tell ourselves, just enjoy the moment, like just be with them, just love on them, like love on yourself, you know, just be present with yourself as much as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, and how many of us are stuck in future time or, or reflecting on how we're supposed to be based on like, oh, shit, I didn't have my stuff together two years ago. So, of it's course, true. things aren't going well now. But, it, you know, the, the message always is, is just that that self-reflection, love on yourself, love on your kids, be in the moment. And, you know, whatever is to come will we'll definitely, you know, show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. my last question was going to be along those lines. Now that you've written the book, it's out, it's in the world, and you face this different adversity while writing it. If you were to go back to Lance two years ago and sit with him, mm-hmm. what's the advice that you would give to him? Ah, uh, it could almost bring me to tears thinking about that. I don't, I don't know. Like, doesn't have to be advice. Um, I do for him. Yeah, I would just say, like, look, 
you're in for a ride. You know, this is, this is going to challenge you in every way. And always comes down to just believe, you know, just believe. And that was the message that I got when I was on ayahuasca too. And, you know, I don't promote plant medicine that much. I talk about it in my book, but that's a key that like that knowing and that belief, that's what I would say. I would go back and I'd say, you need to find a way to fully believe in yourself because you're going to be tested. And if you don't believe in yourself, you can't expect others to believe in you. So whatever's going to happen, prepare yourself for battle because you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to, you chose to write this book on this title. So this is, this is the path. So whatever you need to do to get yourself to the level of belief that you need to be at, you need to do that. And that's your duty. That's your mission. And that's what I would say. I would say, just like if I was speaking to a younger brother or something, I would, I would speak with love, but also like, you know, you, you, this is up to you. Nobody's going to do this for you. Like, you know, you have to find it within yourself. If your message, if, if your purpose, if you really want to impact people, you need to find it within yourself to make this happen, no matter what, no matter what. And um, I give myself a hug too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. A hug always helps. Yes. Yes. <laughs> belief we, is we, everything, you know, belief sure is, is so freaking important. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. How, how, I'm curious when, when you were going back and you said like, it was triggering an emotion for you. Like, wh- what did you, how did you see yourself? In, in like the challenging times you mean, or what do you yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, like how did, you know, often when we step back, um, often I, I see a version of myself that just, uh, yeah, you know, is maybe not, not fully knowing, or like you said, not in belief, but you know, something that stirred an emotional response from you is like, yeah. you must have had an image of yourself. If you wouldn't mind sharing, just like, yeah. what, what did, what did that guy look like? I was just lost. You know, I was in a cloud. Um, I didn't feel like I had any value in the world other than bartending. Not to say that wasn't a great, that industry taught me everything. Well, not everything, but most it gave me a lot of tools. As you know, it's like a very useful way to grow up and learn. Yeah. But I just felt so useless to the world at the time. I was like, all you got is your people skills. Like, that's it. You got your, your looks, you can schmooze people, and you're being rewarded for it. So you better double down on it. And I just remember um, that, was, that was just, the, I'm, I accepted. I'm just the guy. I'm the party guy. I'm just that guy, you know? Like, and it felt, it didn't feel good at times. So I had to go back and feel in those moments of like, describe moments of like what the room looked like, you know, feelings of almost having like freaking anxiety, heart attack at the same time, not being able to sleep, sweating in a pool of sweat, like the stuff I put my body through, I had to go back and relive. And I was like, man, I don't want to go back to that again, you know, but like, I was a different person then, you know, I didn't. I knew in my heart that the life I was living wasn't the one that I was meant to. Um, so having to go back there and like make peace with those moments was, was very healing. And 
I guess, because each part of that, even like when I had to talk about myself as a teenager with my stepmom, that was so tough. Like those were the hardest moments of my life. Leaving my mom at 11 was like the most traumatizing thing that I never knew I was signing up for. Like, and it's mm-hmm. like, it's crazy. And then, like what happened, you know, after that. And I couldn't, I could not go back to those times. Like it was so painful, yet I was so resilient. I've always known, I guess, I always knew that I was destined to do something. I just didn't know what it was, but I knew that the choices I was making um, weren't the right ones. So um, I guess going back and just kind of like, it's almost kind of funny too that what I was doing, because it was just, I did the best I could with the tools I had. I didn't have a lot of like family, like my dad wasn't that much support to me. My mom, you know, loved them, but like they weren't, I was kind of on my own to figure it out grandparents were passed away. So yeah, it was, um, I think I did a good job for what I had at the time. And, uh, I somehow had the, 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 the smarts to get out of it. Some people don't get out of that stuff. Some people go the other way, end up in jail or end up dead. And I was lucky enough to somehow figure it out to get out of that. And I'm, yeah, I, I feel so blessed that I was able to choose that path instead of the other one. So yeah, it was a, it was a wild it. ride. Well, we're grateful you chose that path too, buddy. <laughs> we are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah. So where, where can everyone get the book mastering adversity? Yeah, it's all appreciate it. Thank you. Um, it's on Amazon. So just, uh, I always send people to my Instagram, go there. The, the link in the bio has got all, you know, the podcast got the book, but yeah, the book is at the top of the link tree there. And yeah, purchase a book there. It's all available if you want to do um, paperback, hardcover, or if you like your Kindle on the on the go, it's there as well. So it's amazing. Yeah, yeah we'll put it all in the show notes. All the show notes. Mm-hmm. Lance, you're such a, you are a warrior, man. I mean, that's how we see you. And, you know, how much love you put out into your messaging and your podcasts and your words it, it just comes across so authentically and it's just a reflection of, you know, as you said before, living it to lead it and you're, you know, a mentor. I mean, I, I couldn't help but think that state of loneliness you would have felt and abandonment or rejection or, you know, all those things that so many of us feel uh, to not really have a mentor. And, and I really see this book as a guidebook as a mentor for, for all those, you know, man, woman, doesn't matter. Uh, those that, that feel that sense of loneliness and that how am I supposed to overcome? So yeah, I'm excited to share brilliant. it with our boys. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I mean, that's such an honor for anybody even to say that, uh, like, I would love to have that. And, you know, I feel like our youth needs, mm-hmm. needs yeah. tools, you know, like they're the, they're our future, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's a crazy thought, you know, like mm-hmm. what's being taught out there to these kids. And, um, yeah, hopefully it can help. I, I'm confident that it'll help. And I appreciate you guys so much. I love you guys so much. And uh, you, I really, yeah, really truly appreciate it. All right, guys, check out the book, Mastering Adversity. And uh, yeah, follow Lance on the Instagram and all the, the socials. He's always bringing such insight. So thank you, brother. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com.
Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.